So today I got to chop it up with Rob Hulse. He's a good friend of mine. He is a former D1 athlete at Merrimack College. He played football there and now he's a full-time trainer over at Drive Custom Fit in Salem, New Hampshire. Rob not only started to pursue DJing in the last few months, but has really picked up his social media content and personal brand. He's doing an amazing job marketing himself, his business, and adding DJing as a hobby into that. He's doing amazing. I love to see him grow. And I think you'll find a lot of value from him and what he has to talk about. We talk from everything starting at his background, right, when he was a, a child and how he grew up in New Jersey all the way up until now and everything in between. I think it's a great learning experience for a lot of people to listen to and kind of take bits and pieces from it, see how he overcame some of the things that he did and, you know, how he puts things into perspective. It's like wanting to, wanting to actually... Would you, were you like into certain podcasts kind of early on? Is there like a certain mess? I mean, we'll kind of get into it too, but like, is there a certain like MO that you have by doing this now? Or is it kind of one of those things where you're like, I actually just want to see if I can like put some shit out. People actually be interested. And then maybe it's like, you're putting stuff out that maybe people want to hear or that like you may think people want to hear. But at the end of the day, it's like, are you actually genuinely wanting to share that information? Or is that something where you're like, and like, I, I know an audience is going to gravitate towards this, especially even a younger audience. Like for me, dude, like I, yeah, I'm super well connected with people. Like I, especially like, you know, in the business world and stuff like that, like drive, open up a lot of doors for that. But like, I mean, when it comes to like money and like investing and like shit like that, like I'm like second to none when it comes to that shit. So I think gravitating toward a younger audience is like where you're going to like, at least well, my, my eyes. So like my whole point of this podcast is the reason I call it unestablished tycoons is because. Like, when, when you think of a tycoon, you think of somebody like Bezos, Musk, like these, like, like crazy, wealthy, crazy, successful entrepreneurs. And my idea is, like, I don't know if you know Grant Cardone. Yes, I'm real saying yeah. But, like, I listen to him and I say, yeah, that's, like, the light at the end of the tunnel type of guy when you he gives think, advice. Do you think he's holistic about his approach, though? In, ter like, in, in terms of, like, how he actually comes off, do you think, like, he... I mean, obviously now, like he's obviously worked his way up to this point and he's obviously like, I think when anybody in that business light, you got to have a set of balls, dude. Like the yeah. way he comes off, like it's very, it's confident. It's to the point. It's like shit that like you also want to hear at the same time, but it's not one of those things where you're like, it, it almost sounds like one of those things where it's like too good to be true. Especially with all like the ads and stuff well, like that, that Well, that's the thing. It's like, it, it's, it's not like everything that he does is realistic, but the whole point of this is, is that. If I'm going to try and enter the, the real estate market, like my first deal, I'm not going to listen to a dude who has 10,000 units, who's no. worth multiple billions of dollars. So my point in saying unestablished is interviewing guys who are like just starting in the just business. Starting off. Like I had a young realtor, I had a young mortgage lender, I had a young, um, he, he's building like an exterior painting business. So like and so shit. like the, you know, I want the people start. to talk about their first few steps getting into the industry Yada. so that this podcast goes to guys who are like 16, 17, 18. Yeah. All right. So you that's the idea. So you actually have a target audience. I have a target audience, which is the younger guys getting into the entrepreneurship. See, that's great, man. Because like, even for my own self, like when I start putting content out, especially like work related stuff, regardless of it's like, like screw DJing, like, especially when I started really putting stuff out for like training, it was really to like, let people know that like, Hey, I'm doing something a little different around here. Yeah. Like, yes, I'm, um, I'm highly educated. Um, I've had a lot of experience in, you know, variety of weight rooms and like that kind of setting and whatnot. But like 
the individuals in like those role model positions, whether it's my coaches or anything like that, like they're like a prime reason, like why I do a lot of the things that I do. And I've taken a lot of like their own principles in their way. But I think at the end of the day, it's like putting your own spin on it. And I think for guys like me and you who are like a lot younger, like it's one of those things where, um, you know, maybe not people ought to trust that at first because again, you're so raw with it and whatnot. But I think, again, it comes a lot with like how you present yourself, your confidence, like what you're really bringing to the table and ensuring like qualities like there, man. Yeah. Like, like that's been my biggest thing since like day one. Well, that's, that's the thing too. It's like the whole point, well, not the whole point of this podcast, but the reason why like you see all the cameras and lights like so early into this was because I was like, listen, I'm 20 years old. I'm not beating people on experience. I'm going to beat them on quality. So I'm going to have Always, the best bro. looking content. And like I said, I'm getting new mics. So I have the best sounding content. I'm going to have the best. It's, pre- it's presenting in a way, like slowly but surely. Yeah. And I'm glad you're not doing it too fast either, man. Like I think early on, like even with when I started training, like in the first place, like I had no clue about like really designing templates, like program structures, anything like that. Like I just knew how to work out just from like years of like doing it. Maybe it was right, maybe it was wrong. But I think like setting myself up in positions where like I'm getting in front of people who are like are better than me. Yeah. And I, and again, like I've always been a type of cat that like, even maybe when I was younger, I didn't really take like criticism or like coaching like very, very well. But I think as I've gotten older and I've started to realize like, Hey man, if you surround yourself with people that are just better than you, no matter what, regardless of the field, um, you're going to learn a thing or two. Like for me, I always try to like let people know, like when you come and train with me, it's more than like a training experience. Like you're learning something that you're going to be able to take with you for the rest of your life. They're going to be dealing you outside of here. And like for a lot of people, especially going to a gym, it's like lack of confidence or a surety that one they're doing it the right way or two like people are going to really care and i think the biggest thing i've learned over the years man is like screw what anybody else thinks because like the moment I, the moment i put more energy and time into that and stuff like that the more i get in my head the more things don't get done mm-hmm. you know what i mean i i think now more than ever i'm at a point where i'm very yeah I'm, I'm happy like i'm comfortable with like how things are progressing and going and making the right moves and stuff like that now but like i'm nowhere near where like i want to be like i'm glad yeah. I'm glad yeah, like, I think like, a lot of guys will see that first taste of like success or like I remember when I first started making like some real money for the first time and I just blew all that shit right away <laughs> because it's like you don't know man you're like you're like I, I I mean like I'm the first one in my family to go to college let alone like you know play a sport or get right. a real-time job that like you enjoy and I think like especially being a 20 21 year old kid like that's like the most raw point of your life where you're like a lot of guys either coming out of school or like they're just, they're just not like, even for my younger siblings, like they're just still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like what, what's the right moves to make. And I think for right now, like you're doing the right things, bro. So I'm excited. Yeah, no. And, and like, are I, we live to you by the way? Yeah. I, I just, figured, Oh, that's, I, dude, dude, let's I just go. figured we like chop it up. We just keep going. So that's, I, yeah, and, and I knew, I knew you had clicked it. I'm like, yeah, bet, though, yeah, no, good. no. Cause we, yeah. REC. Let's get it, man. But no, dude, like you, you just brought up a good point too about like, you know, the, you, you're not giving a shit what other people think because the reality is it's the people, like you said, surrounding yourself by the people who are better. They're the ones who don't give a shit about where you're starting. They don't give a shit yeah. about your your situation. It's the people who are either like jealous or they're just intimidated that you're about to pass them. Like the, you know, the people, yeah. the people right above you. But the people like, like you were saying, where you're surrounding yourself and all these doors have opened with these large business owners or whatever, mm-hmm. just these, <clears throat> these successful people, they want nothing but success for you and they're rooting for you and they're going to help you any way they can. Yeah. I think especially like, I mean, kind of like, I'll kind of go into my background a little bit. So obviously like growing up, like, um, you know, being from New Jersey, 
I'm one of five, so like I have four brothers, and we obviously our kind of family dynamic was a little different because my two older brothers and my dad's kids. So it was really just me and my two younger siblings kind of growing up. And again, like my parents are as blue collar as they come. Like my dad was a UPS driver; he's actually finishing up retirement like this upcoming year. So like, congrats to him. My mom's already retired; like she was in cosmetology for over 25 years. Um, she was a nanny at some point. So like, no matter what, regardless of what situation my parents were in, like they were always constantly working to make sure that we didn't realize that maybe things weren't like the best or like you know especially financially maybe things were a little bit tougher growing up maybe even like a little bit kind of over like the last few years now like my parents are starting to retire they're starting to like look you know moving down south and stuff like that things are more on like the upswing for them but they never let us like realize like um you know nothing's ever really handed to you at all so i've always had that kind of like mentality growing up or like I always had like this weird chip on my shoulder, especially like, you know, getting bullied a lot as a kid. Like I was kind of like a little chubby kid. Um, I wasn't the most skilled guy, but I always tried to like find a way to like put myself out there in front of others. I just want to be accepted. I think getting into fitness for me, like going to a gym for the first time, I was able to finally like be myself and just be comfortable. Like regardless of what I was doing, I definitely didn't know what the hell I was doing at 14, 15, yeah. but I knew it was the one place I can go away for two hours and not worry about anything like any outside noise or anything like that and just kind of dial in on my well it seemed to be craft like I realized early on especially once things started to click for me you know you know puberty and like you know hitting the gym really hard and like starting to see changes in my body and like things actually like going well from a confidence sports standpoint all of that it's like all right, I'm gonna hit the ground running with this I already knew I wanted to be a trainer when I was 15 16 years old and then it started to evolve like I want to own my own gym one day oh I want to like you know, maybe do in that's kind of changed over the years. Like I still definitely want to do my own thing, especially being able to set up, you know, my parents and like my family for the future and stuff like that. That's always been a goal for mine. My goal was never like have this big fortune 500, like, you know, empire, fitness empire, or whatever. For me, it was just like being comfortable, man. Cause I've seen how it was, especially from my family during times where it wasn't comfortable. Yeah. And I think for me, no matter what I, for me, like, especially financialized, like, I never want to have to worry about money because I know how much of a stressor it could be, yeah. especially in my first few years. I mean, for training, bro, like, you know, especially after I got recruited out of high school to, you know, go to college and play at Merrimack, you know, I was a four-year starter there. I was elected a team captain my senior year, like an honorary team captain. Um, I had a lot of respect from, like, my teammates and stuff like that, and, you know, those are my boys. I know I can call up any one of those guys at any time, and, you know, they're going to answer, and I think – after I left Merrimack and once football was all said and done, because I've been playing since I was like six years old, I had like a big like, oh shit, like identity crisis kind of moment when I was like 20, 21. So like being in your shoes and like not having a sense of direction and maybe just getting involved with the wrong crowd or getting involved with the wrong things early on and like having to go through like those growing pains a little bit. And I think like, especially anybody that's listening now, like in your, in that position where you may not know like where you want to go, or like what you want to do and stuff like that. Like. I always thought that was like a negative thing, but at the same time, like there's a lot of good that comes from that because it's supposed to happen. You're not supposed to have it all figured out right away. They've they've taught you that since you were in grade school that like, oh, by the time you're 20, 21, you're supposed to be moved out on your own, have it all figured out, boom, boom. That is not the way things work around. I mean, bro, I can live with my parents now being 25 um, and having as much success like early on as I've had, like I would I would do it in a heartbeat, bro. Because it's, it's more of like, I got to be really smart about where like, I'm putting, you know, my money, whether 
Um, you know, I, I started working with one of my buddies name is Sean Black. He's a financial advisor for Northwestern Mutual. He hit me up a few months ago and he played lacrosse at Merrimack. He was a two-time, two or three-time All-American. I, I might get that wrong, but I know he was an absolute piece there. And we were pretty close, like, in college and whatnot. And he hit me up a few months ago. He's like, hey, man, like, I would love to be able to work with you, kind of help you out in your situation. And, like, having guys that I can trust in my corner, like, especially when it comes to money, because, again, man, like, uh, I'm doing well, but at the same time, I don't know shit when it comes yeah. to that avenue, like where to start. So having at least some sort of background with that was, is like super beneficial for me. And that's why I'm super grateful for, for Merrimack because it put me in the position that I'm in now, like being at Drive Custom Fit. Um, you know, I've been there since I was a 20 year old intern and now, you oh, know, right. ex- yeah. So I started actually, well, I think I was 21 when I started interning there. It was the f- fall of 2019. And again, man, like I was just going in seven days a week, shadowing, you know, trainers, shadowing classes, starting to get in, starting to get my voice on a mic and stuff like that. And, you know, at, over time it started to, you know, I started getting some attention, started to click and like things were going well and I was still finishing up school. And then all of a sudden COVID happened. And then like the whole logistics of like the gym, like completely changed. And it made, made my job a lot harder obviously because with like the no contact rule and like the mass and like the the cleaning and like all that stuff it was really really tough but i think i gained a lot out of like those times because i was able to realize like hey man i can still have like these you know high level high school college kids come in still get some good quality training they're training in a four by five cubicle with one rack and just having that space and now being able to look back you know two three years ago and being where i'm at now and like having the space and the accommodation to be able to do what I want to do. You're seeing how like programs have like kind of like evolved like year to year to year. But um, I think especially with a lot of the guys and a lot of the people I work with now, it's it's being personable. It's being able to be myself. It's letting people realize like, hey, yeah, I'm a trainer, but like I don't got it all figured out. Like I'm not perfect. I still got, you know, my things that I'm still trying to work on each and every day, both for myself, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and I think that like, over the years, even like the most successful people that I work with, you know, multimillionaires and like business owners and stuff like that. A lot of them, there's like want someone to be able to like talk to from like uh, uh, eye to eye level yeah. um, because either, you know, they're being they're in a higher position where they have to um, delegate, you know, lower positions on just things they have to do and whatnot. Or um, they're just trying to you know, communicate in the best way that they can. Um, and just, I think at the end of the day, like for me, just being real and then having like real conversations and just like being myself and trying to be funny and make light out of like tough situations. And it's, it's, it's gone a long way for sure. I'm super grateful for everybody that I work with because my day does not look the same each and every time I walk in there, which is dope. No, and that's like, I mean, obviously, will you consider yourself like self-employed or is that how you- so i don't consider myself self-employed only because like i am with a facility that obviously um has again given me a lot over the years and has honestly allowed me to kind of to do my own thing obviously under the respect and principles of what it really means to like work with someone in the private sector in comparison to like collegiate or anything like that um, they've allowed me to kind of evolve over the years. And I think for me, like, again, that sense of like complacency, I've n- never, I've always been like 
yeah, proud of things that I've done and stuff like that. I've never been satisfied. I've always tried to look back on year to year and be like, have I evolved? And I'm not just talking financially. I'm not just talking position wise. Like, have I evolved and how I think and how I approach things and how I approach new clients and how I continue to approach existing clients that I have um, and apply it to like my own life? Because at the end of the day, like as much as I love working with a lot of, you know, different people and stuff like that. I still have to be able to look after myself at the end of the day and apply those same things. So it's almost like they hold me accountable just as much as I hold them accountable. Um, and I think for drive, like they always want to make sure, especially from a quality standpoint, that that's being met and that the experience is being met no matter what, bro. Like for me, like training with someone for one hour is just not like, oh, we're just going to get a good sweat or, you know, whatever's on the sheet for they were going to go do. Like, no, sometimes like, I have to change things on the fly. Sometimes we don't get to the workout at all. And some people just want to talk and have like a real, real conversation. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're having a really good day. Um, it doesn't really matter. I think a lot of the times, like the reason why I've been able to do at least really well early on is because like, yes, I'm really detailed and organized about how I go about my business, but I'm also like, I'm not super hard about it. Right. Like if we can't get to something one day because I see something early on or whatever, then like, I'm going to address that or someone's like, I can tell someone's in a bad mood or something like that. I'm not, I'm just going to pause the workout all together and be like, let's just, let's just sit down. Let's go for a walk for like five minutes and let it air out. Yeah. Cause I found that for a lot of people, um, you know, it's more than just working out. It's like, it's their hour of their time. And for a lot of people, again, they're coming into the gym for a reason. And the 90% of the time it's a, it's a confidence with, any sort of part of themselves, whether it's strength wise, just like how they look visually, how they feel like deep down inside. And then that all kind of correlates in the one. And I think that's why, you know, if you look at the most successful people in the world, like they're also 99% of the time the healthiest people. And they're probably taking care of themselves from like, at least from a fitness standpoint, um, maybe not so much about some of the other things on the back end, like sleep and like stuff like that, because I've won one thing for damn sure, like getting up early, there's like no other option but doing that because I've realized like just how much I've thrown my plate that maybe there's not enough time in a day. And I know I have to get better at that and stuff like that, but at least the most successful people that I've come across early on, they're up before anybody else. Yeah. They're already like three steps ahead of where the average person is and that's why they're in the position that they're in. And I've yeah. that's another thing I realized early on. It's like, if you want it, dude, like, you got to go get it. And the people that may seem like they have it all figured out, like they're, they're living good or whatnot. Um, like I take like, you know, like your stepdad, for example, like when I met that dude for the first time, like, you know, I think a lot of what I've been able to embellish from him is like, it's a, it's a constant responsibility for those that you work with and within yourself that things have to get done regardless of how you feel on a given day. Mm -hmm. Like no matter what he's got going on, no matter what parties or, what like events or like what traveling that you guys have going on or whatever the case may be, he's still on his shit. And he, it's, it, it's a disciplinary aspect. Yeah. And like, and for a lot of like my business owners that I work with, it's, it's discipline um, and holding yourself to like knowing that you're not going to be able to do it after you're, you're not going to find any time to do it. Like you have to get things done, even if it's the worst day ever. And I, that's why I pay a lot of respect to him. That's why like we even, you know, continue to work with each other like to this day, um, because he, uh, again, regardless of a client, he is a good friend of mine and he's someone that I look up to as a role model just from, from that aspect, because 
it's again starting from the ground up being at you know being similar to our age and having to work his way up to where he's at now and uh it takes time and I yeah think and, it, and someone like him too like you know he's taught me a lot and one of the one of those things is consistency like yeah I, and I, I don't know if you saw one of the videos and i brought this up in another podcast i did it was about like pivoting and adapting but one of the things that i say in there is regardless of like what the job is the job doesn't care about how you woke up the job doesn't care about how you feel that day regardless of what your mental physical state is yeah. i mean i even go so far as to say like when i'm sick like physically sick the same expectation is there the expectation doesn't change now whether or not you can fulfill that yeah. that's a different story but you know you even said like a lot of these guys they're you know waking up w- waking up early some people stay up late like i'm up till 12 1 in the morning mm-hmm. and the reality is is what i've always kind of based my my schedule on is like i work 18 hours a day mm-hmm. and i mean i include the gym in that because it's work I, bro it's work it's, like, it, work. it's not me sitting on my ass watching tv no. 18 hours a day and the reality is that's two and a half of the average person's day yeah. some people only do really six hours of productive work every day and fuck maybe off even, for the rest maybe, maybe even less than that maybe even less but i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt so to your one day i have three and so i look at it as capitalizing on your average person because if you want to be above average you just need to do above average tasks or complete the regular tasks at an above average speed so it, it just somehow finding that angle of consistency discipline outworking people i put like at least the gym if i'm gonna pick a meeting or the gym i'm picking the gym because for me the gym's always been not only like like you said, a lot of these people go to the gym and it's more than just a workout for them. Like yeah. It's their hour of their day. And I look at it the same way. Like it's an hour or two, really two hours that I just get to unplug and I get to, you know, obviously clear the mind. That's a big part of just the way the endorphins work, but really too, like just setting yourself up physically, I think is a domino effect in every other facet of your life. And my goal is really to be able to make my first impression when I walk into any room without even speaking a word, the way that you physically look and the way you carry yourself because of how you physically look is the first impression. I don't care what, what people say about all the first thing that you say to somebody is your first impression. No, the first impression is the first time somebody locks eyes with you and they look at you and they are either intimidated or they respect you or they don't respect you at all. And they, they're like judging you like, oh, this dude's out of shape. There's clearly no discipline to them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it shows discipline. The gym shows yeah. discipline. Yeah, I think especially like, you know, over the years and again, like even early on going back to like high school and not like. I'll be the first one to admit like I had some real issues when it comes to like just how I was presenting myself physically and stuff like that, just honestly really caring about like what people thought and like hearing positive affirmations about it and shit like that, like really like boosted my ego up and made me feel good. And that's kind of was like a motivating factor to like going obviously in the first place, especially like early on in high school, just trying to get girls or whatever the case may be. As I've gotten older, I think one of the biggest things I've started to realize even more so now, and I think a lot of like younger guys, we don't really, obviously mental health is not one of those things that's really like harped upon. And I think for me now, like, kind of similar to you that it's that one or two hours where like you kind of just get to block everything out and and i i'll be like sometimes i'll just like i'll put my headphones in but i won't put music on it's kind of like block out outside noise and sometimes i'll like 
I'll think even just if it's for the first 30 minutes of the workout, just like kind of debrief. I, I, I've been a big fan of waking up at like 3.45, 4 and having the gym be the first thing I'm doing in my day. I've been doing it for like the last probably two, three weeks now, just trying to play around with it. And again, when I first started at drive, I was not an early morning guy. Yeah. Like seeing it's still dark out and seeing that alarm go off, like that inner bitch comes out and, and it still does for me to this day. But I think I get so worked up now that like, I just know I'm not going to be able to get it done in the day from an energy standpoint. Mm. I'm just like, and I always, they always say like your first few hours a day, like your most productive. And I always found that like, regardless of maybe how my energy is for like the morning and stuff like that, I'm still like the most focused on like what I got to get done on, on like that given workout. Even if it's, 45 minutes it's still early as hell no one's gonna bother me i'm able to like kind of get in there get my shit done and one of the biggest things one of my coaches always used to tell me or i was one of my uh, master's professors they always used to say if you if you can't do it don't coach it so i've been a firm i've been a firm believer that like i have to, if i'm like making people do certain movement progression especially athletes and doing certain things and whatnot like i gotta be able to back my shit up like i gotta be able to like do the same things at a high level so that like, um, you know, it all kind of ties in and they're saying that like, Oh, like he actually means what he's talking about. He's not just making people do it just to do it. Um, cause it's really easy to do that. It's really easy to get caught up in the fitness space, especially nowadays, how it's become so popular. I see a lot of shit online with just like, whether it's trainers or whether just like fitness influences and whatnot that, really like have no idea what they're talking about but they put themselves out there so well and the confidence is so high that people actually believe it and they're able to like yeah. dial in on that well even today i was listening to a hermosi podcast and oh i was gonna bring that up yep. dude yeah, i was, so gonna I was listening to one of his podcasts today and he was talking about how like um i forget he was referring to like one investor i don't even know if it's a real investor anybody knows but he was comparing it to like he was really talking about why he never wanted to get into the content space and realize he had to. And he's like, the first question people ask for somebody that they don't know is, why should I listen to you? Why should I believe what you're saying? Versus if Warren Buffett came on with an iPhone 4 type quality of video and audio and said, buy this stock, you're going to listen to him. You're, you might not listen to the person who has this kind of setup with the best audio who doesn't know what they're talking about or may know, but you don't know that they know. And so going on your point where you're like, I got to back my shit up. It, what it comes down to is like really just what you know and what kind of presence you make and being able to back it up like Buffett can. And so you're going to invest in a stock that Buffett suggests yeah. whether he, he could be on kick texting it on kick. Hey, buy this stock. It doesn't matter where he is or what, how he gets it out there. It's the reality is he has, he over the years has backed his shit up. Like being at a community like drive, um, everybody talks, everybody's super, you know, well connected in, in regards to what everybody's doing and whatnot, especially being in front of people every day, whether it's 10 people, whether it's a group of four, whether it's 35 at once, like you're again, putting on a, not necessarily a show you're putting on an, ex, you're giving them an experience, um, that is supplemented through a workout. So for me, like I'm trying to put myself out there just you know, by my personality and stuff like that. But I'm also like doing it with a purpose and doing it with intent of like what has to get done on that given day and putting my own spin on it. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that 
you know, my mom always used to tell me going growing up was like, if you do the best, you'll be the best. And I know it's like a kind of like a generic, like corny little like quirk or whatever, like a like saying or whatnot. But I always used to believe that. Like I was never the most skilled guy. I was never like the the face of anything. Um, you know, I was never really acknowledged for a lot, but I always put like my best foot forward. Yeah. I always gave it 120%, I mean 110, and I always did more because I knew I I had no way else of getting to there. Like I had no I had no not even resource that I had nothing to fall back on. Right. So for me it was like when you apply pressure, I think I and I put pressure on myself every day, not necessarily negative pressure, but pressure holding myself to a very high standard. Kind of similar to good. you, which is like good. being able to um, know that you're you got to put your best foot out there every day. Again, regardless of how you're feeling, like you never know how that's gonna impact someone, how that's gonna turn someone's day around. And I've, you know, I, maybe over the you know over my time, there's been days where like you know I've really maybe didn't want to train, or maybe I was having a bad day at home, or something like that, and become a really good actor dude like you got i've become a really good and that was funny that you kind of brought that up earlier because you know there are times where again man like i'm just not feeling it or whatever but you can't let someone who's paying x do that right. or you you can't show them that because then they're gonna be like what the hell and they're gonna end up dropping you and that's always my biggest fear um is having someone not be able to work with me because of a quality or an effort standpoint effort being the most important thing like regardless how much how many hours of sleep i get the night before no matter how much is on my plate like if you see me at 6 a.m i'm probably gonna look the same at 6 p.m um maybe my face will change a little bit maybe the eyes will drop a little bit but like i'm still putting in as much as i can and yeah maybe when i go home like i'm absolutely smoked or whatever but that's also why like i've taken a little bit of my focus, not necessarily away from training, but I've allowed myself to branch off and start doing other things to not let my whole world be training. And I remember going out to a certification course in Miami at this place called DBC. It's Dumbbells, Barbells, Cables. Um, and this guy named David Alexander um, and Donnie Raymond. Donnie Raymond was a biomedical engineer and David Alexander has been um, you know, a really prominent trainer in the space for over 20 plus years. He's worked with athletes like LeBron James, Dwayne Wade. I mean, dude, during our seminar, Chris Paul walked in. So like my jaw dropped, dude, because like that was like an icon for me growing up. And, like, and I, again, I wasn't that, definitely wasn't that good at basketball or anything like that. But I obviously like, I appreciate sports so much. I was, you know, constantly anything I can, you know, anything that with a ball or anything like on a board, like my parents were making us do. So for me, I always appreciated like the work ethic of like a really successful, like high athlete and having him walk in and really go into depth about like quality assurance. And like, I mean, dude, he had signed like a hundred plus million dollar deal at 36 years old. And he was really saying how like, you know, doing things the right way and paying close attention to little details, um, especially from a biomechanics standpoint, because biomechanics is like the study of human movement, like how we, you know, our seven motor programs, which is push, pull, squat, lunge, bend, twisting, and gait, which is like how our walk cycle is. Like there's little things that we are doing like every single day that maybe we're not realizing that have a detriment on those like motor programs. And that's why you see a lot of these athletes with like a lot of these non-contact injuries and stuff like that, because they're not maybe addressing those little things. Um, 
And I think the one of the biggest things they taught us early on during that course was like, it's really easy to get caught up in the smoke and like the who is an Oz of like, especially what's going on in the fitness space and trying to make it your own and trying to do like, just going back to the basics, mm. you know, like sticking with the basics and like having a mass of the basics um, is something where even for my own self, like I'm still trying to apply those principles into everything that I'm doing, like sticking with the basics um, because and like, but at the same time, like putting my own little spin on what the basics means for me. And I think for me, especially like being in the training space, I've always wanted the workouts to be fun, but I've always wanted them to be a 10 and a specific for a specific person. So kind of tying that all in, I think most importantly, not being so worried about what everybody else is doing and really just kind of honing on, on your things and what's going to make you special, what's going to make you different is, um, really allowed me to kind of like slow things down, like in my head and not be so caught up in like what everybody else is going to think. Even when I put content out, like fitness wise, like sometimes I'll worry about like, Oh, what's, what's so-and-so going to say or what's so-and-so going to think. It doesn't matter as long as like I'm putting my best foot forward and like that quality is being there and then like, then I'm good. Yeah. I, I mean, there's like, well, when you're putting content out, there's, there's a goal to be met and, that, and that's just exposure. And so if somebody, if somebody's going to start chirping you for exposure, it's like, well, you know, rea the reality is like the, the basics you try your best to take care of. You try and fix these little details, but you know, there's like a point in time where the perfection gets way out of hand and you're veering away from the basics. You're trying to do these fancy edits or whatever, when in reality, the video quality itself might suck or, yeah. and I'm just talking content cause you just brought yeah, it up. I think, I think one of the things like, especially David was talking about, like kind of correlating the basics into like your own personal life. So like one of the biggest things, like the four like principles that he really like was making sure of was like your family, your friends, your work and your hobbies. Yeah. And now when he said that one, I was like, hobbies, like, I mean, like, yeah, like outside of fitness, I was really trying to think about like what hobbies that like I really have. And I think for me, like, that's why DJing for me has become something that maybe started off as a hobby. But I also believe like hobbies hold you accountable to constantly getting better at it. Right. Um, and, you, and it's not going to come like overnight. I remember like three, four years ago when I bought my first set of decks, I was just like messing around in my kitchen with my boys and like never would have thought in a million years that like actually putting some real time and some effort into like learning like the skills and like stuff like that. And also seeing a lot of like, you know, my friends are like role models, especially growing up in Jersey, how they were doing it and stuff like that. And I think for me now, like putting some, a good amount of attention into it has allowed things to kind of like catapult and that where I can actually start marking myself into doing live events and working with different clients and like actually like making money doing it, which is like, I never thought a million years that like having a hobby where you can actually make money off of it would be something that's like an actual possibility. But I think that's important, man. Like we got to have, you know, certain, like I, I've met, I know some people that are just like work, gym, home, that's it. And I'm like, it's me. That's what's all like, I think for you, man, like I think, um, but that's how it's supposed to be early on. For yeah. me, like when I was in like, from like 20 to 23, it was just like workout, 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 yeah. train, train, train. Just learning how to like, especially like getting my master's at Merrimack right after, like that was the most beneficial year of my life because I re it was, I had no football. It was just school. 
So for me, like I could really just like dive into it for like a whole year. And like, again, man, that, like that year set me up so much for like what I'm doing now. And like, I'm super grateful that I actually like went back and did it immediately after. Cause I know damn well, if I did not go for my masters right after I graduated, I was definitely not going back at school was always one of those things for me where I found it. A lot of it was like busy work. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could do it. And I was always sufficient in school. Like I graduated my master's like a three, seven, like I yeah, graduated so Merrimack with like a three, yeah, that's, six, that's really good. Yeah. but like for me, it comes down to an effort thing. It's, it was putting effort into like, all right, let's, let's study a little bit, but putting effort into like actually getting assignments in on time and making sure like those are getting done. And for me, that's all it was. Like, I wasn't really like grasping a whole lot, but I was just like really good at like having a good schedule and like getting shit done right. because like football was like a full-time job. Like you had to find time to be able to get everything done. You need to get done and have someone's a social life too. I mean, I had a lot of fun at Mary Mac, man. Yeah. It was, it was an absolute blast. Maybe I had a little too much fun. Um, but I look back on it now um, and I could go back and change anything. N- nah, like I, I, and I hate when people like sometimes ask me, I like, if you can go back in time and like change a few things, like there's some things you would do. I mean, like, yeah, but like, I think the decisions that I've been able to make have like brought me like to this point now. Right. And I don't want to like picture life outside of like what it is now. So I'm super grateful that like, even some of the mistakes I made early on or some of like the the setbacks I have and stuff like that have brought me to a point where I, I have a little bit more firm understanding about like what I want to do for the future. Right. And I think that we need to be able to make the most things around. We need to be like really devoted to our shit. So I give you a lot of props, man, because there's not a lot of kids your age that like have that kind of mindset where it's like, I know I have to bust my ass right now. I know I have to work, but you also have like different goals and intentions in mind. And I've always been, the type of person that like I have to write my shit down. Like I, I write goals down every year of like big I'm I'm talking like big ones too. Like things I really, really want to get done that I feel like maybe be a little bit out of reach. But I uh, I found the ones that like are either too close to me or whatever, like I don't get much satisfaction of getting them done. Right. Like I have to challenge myself. Yeah, in my, some way. my bedroom. I got a whiteboard that's like like Pretty much every day I wake up, it's like facing me. It's facing the door right when I walk in. Wrote them on November 25th, 22. And I wrote at the bottom the end goal, which is the 20, November 25th, 23. So it's coming up in a few months. 15 annual goals. And they were big goals. They were like, you know, uh, I think one of them was like $10,000 a month. First $10,000 a month. One of them was like to have, I, I forget, a certain chunk of money yeah. liquid. Like a uh, so, uh, uh, chunk of money that like I never when writing these goals I thought 90% of them I was gonna get close to and I'd be okay with that we're in July and I've hit 12 out of 15 already and so writing them down having them like in front of you all the time I tell all my younger guys that I'm like you have to like I used to put that shit like on like a post note like on like my mirror or like next to my bed or even have like that shit screenshotted like in my phone I think one thing, uh, shout out my boy George Smith over at UPenn Basketball. I mean him, we're like, he was one of my first clients ever. Um, we, we we're really close and we shoot the shit all the time. And one of the biggest things that I, as we've, me and him have both evolved over the years, whether it's me with training or him just being able to like excel. You know, when I first met him, he was at Brooks. Like he wasn't, you know, he was a good player, but I didn't really know much about him. And then he goes off to UPenn and now he's killing it. 
And one of the biggest things I always tell them, man, I'm like, we've done some good things, bro. Like, you haven't done shit yet. Yeah. And it literally, yeah, yeah, he yeah. showed me, like, the day before he left, like, this past, um, like, a few months ago before he went, like, he has an internship there in Philly all summer. He literally has it on his phone. Like, you haven't done shit yet. And it's, like, little moments like that, bro, for me, that, like, that's why I do what I do in mm-hmm. the first place. Is because, like, I have a kid, same age as you, bro, who, you know, has put themselves in a very successful position. You've already had a great amount of success at a really young age. And I think, like, it's it's a mindset shit you have to have and realizing, like, we haven't done anything yet, dude. Well, that, that's the funny part. It's like, it's like a lot of people... Like, we have non-satisfaction brains. Like, that's just probably the way you work as well. Like, no, you, dude, yeah, never no, satisfied no. and as, as frustrating as it is, it's the only thing that keeps you going. And so I kind of laugh because I, I see a therapist here and there. Like, I talk I to my too. therapist. I, I see I a think therapist it's great. twice a week, uh, and, once, once every two weeks. Yeah, yeah I, I'm about, like, once a month whenever, mm-hmm. if I can. But one of the things she always tells me is, like, you know, it's not a bad thing to not be satisfied. But it's bad when you never ever reflect on where you were a year ago and put yourself in your year ago shoes dude you know i, I mean? told the same because thing, it's man. so important if you, yeah. if you think like the only reason you should do that is not to be satisfied because it, that's like that's dangerous to become satisfied but to know that in that year's period you had that much success to give you that kick in the ass like listen us saying we're nowhere near where we're supposed to be that's okay to say because we will be and looking at yeah. it from a year ago to now, this will happen. Again. How do you, how do you go about measuring success for yourself? Do you, do you, are you like, I can feel, I feel like you're a big and like, again, take this in the right way. I feel like you're a big analytics and statistics guy. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm like you're that. super dialed in on that. Do you, you correlate that with like how you really intrusively feel inside in terms of like, damn, like a year ago compared to now, just based off this, I'm successful or I'm like, no, like I, I know mentally, like I've evolved in the way I'm thinking and the way I'm going about my shit. That, and there's anything that else. Because, okay. because I don't think like, I, I think I look at money as, as simply just, just like your, the, the result of your work, but not even like the result. It's, it's more like the, um, it just confirms that you've, you've won at whatever it is. So like, if you want to hit a hundred thousand dollars in a year, and you make that hundred grand. It's not that you, or at least for me, it's not necessarily that I'm like, oh, I get hundred grand this year, so I can go buy a boat. Or yeah, I can go, it's, it's like, it's like okay, you have the ability to do it. Knowing that I've, and, and the, the money coming in is is sort of just the confirmation that I reached that goal. But for me, yeah, I look at everything. I don't look at the income I make now and say, oh, my life's so much better because I make X versus what I did back a year ago. What I look at is. I think about this problem, like one of the biggest things that I've, I've paid attention to this whole year is stoicism, like trying not to be reactive in any situation, keeping my shit together as best as I can. And there have been a lot of like a lot of situations where a year ago I would have like freaked out, popped my top off and I become a solution driven person. So I think like one of the most important things that I look at that I've grown from in the past year is I went from being reactive and non-productive when problems occurred to being one of the best problem solvers. And I don't even say this to like gas myself up, but I just watch every everybody else and how they go about problems that occur in the moment. And I do look at myself as one of the best problem solvers. I yeah. know because I just, I've worked on, like I said, the stoicism of it. Like 
no need to get out of hand. The first thing that should happen when it, whatever problem occurs is what's the solution? Where do I go from here? Then react to it. And that's been like the biggest mindset shift is really just, yeah. just it, what it comes down to is focus, focus on the, the solution and the goal at hand, the task at hand. And when your focus is always on the solution and not the problem, you muscle through and you power through everything. Yeah, I think for me too, like, especially over the course of this past year and me being in very similar in regards to this being reactive when like things just were going wrong and like things just weren't going my way. And I've also like realized too, like a lot of the times, like I set myself up for that yeah. or like I, I already knew that mistake was going to be a possibility and I just didn't want it to happen. And when it happened, I'm like, God damn it. You know what I mean? Like, why can't I just get it right? And honestly, like a lot of like my negative energy, when something wrong happens, it will portray to everything in my life. And I think kind of similar to you, I've allowed myself now more than ever. If something goes wrong, yeah, maybe I'll have a little moment, but it's more like it's five minutes and not like the whole day. Yeah. Like I got people counting on me. I got, um, you know, things that I know that like I need to get done in a given day. I can't let one little problem, one little thing affect my whole MO and like kind of like my, my homeostasis, you know what I mean? Like I, I've always been kind of that reactive kid. Like I have ADHD and like, I think that's one of the things like I've worked on with my therapist is just being able to accept that, you know, not everybody's perfect and that it's okay to like not be okay because again and i was always the type of kid that like was always just trying to deal with things on my own or always just trying to ball it up because i had football to just let it all out and then after football i'd be fine but then i didn't have that anymore and and i I would start pushing it more in the gym and like that wasn't doing it it was like god damn like what is like what is the problem like i'm i'm putting myself in positions to like feel better but i'm not feeling better and it's mainly because of my inability to like handle high stress situations and just know that it's it's not the end of the world and that just because maybe outcomes or certain things are not happening right now it doesn't mean they're not going to happen in the future um just based on like who i am and like what i believe in and like knowing where i want to go um i always used to look at those things and be like oh there it is i'm done like things are over whatever nah it's, it's a part of like the process. It's a yeah. part of like why like we do what we do in the first place is because like I, I want to get like kicked in the balls every now and then for, um, you know, maybe a program not going right or something in my personal life not going right or whatever. And like l- realizing like why, right. like where did I go wrong? Um, and I think like, again, having things, I like, I have a journal now, like I'll write in it and stuff like that. And like, I think for me, like kind of reflecting, going back on some of those thoughts, I realized like, hey, where, like, where did a lot of those things come from? Where a lot of those things stem? Uh, And I'm super grateful now that like, yeah, I still, you know, I'm emotionally invested, but I'm not as, I'm not as emotionally invested, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, well, you just like detach yourself because one of the things, so I was just talking to a psych major, I had a podcast with a psych major, and we were talking about the concept of radical accountability. I don't know if you've ever heard of heard of it put like that. I want not in that sense. Just elaborate so, a little more. So radical accountability is essentially saying that every single win and every single loss in your life that you're you're majorly affected by or from a very minor 
outsider standpoint, you're affected by it. Somehow, some way, you played a part in that. So whether yeah. whether or not it's good or yeah. bad. So being able to to you know obviously blame every single win that you have on something that you did, and then obviously giving credit where credit's due alongside that. And also, on the same token, being able to reflect back on a situation where something went poorly. And I gave this, I gave this uh, example. So I was at my beach house a few weeks ago, and I had my laptops, a couple, I had like two Macs and an iPad, and just like a tote bag. And I had like hoodies over it. And I left it in my car all weekend. And end of the weekend, I'm cleaning out the car, getting ready to leave, and I see like a Truly can in that bag. And I was like, oh, whatever, it's closed. But I picked it up. It was punctured. And it had been pissing oh, on both my laptops no. and my iPad <laughs> all weekend. And so for, for my first thought is, who the hell put a punctured Truly can in my car in this bag, even though they didn't know there were laptops in it? Like, why the hell did somebody put that this happened in, in the first place? Yeah. Wh- wh- why would somebody be so stupid? And then I look, I, on the way back, I'm driving no, off the you're, beach. You're thinking, why the fuck did I leave that in I, I, my bag? Exactly. Why, I, why did I leave that shit in my car? That's what I said. I, in my mm-hmm. head, on the way, I go, you know what? It, it, it It's a non-issue. Whether or not somebody was stupid enough to put a Truly Can in there or not, the reality is it could have all been avoided if I had just <laughs> taken know. my bag out of the car. That's and, like my everyday life. <laughs> well, it's, it's stupid <laughs> shit, you know what I mean? It's stupid shit all the time. But the idea is just like the more and more that you, you don't think beat that, yourself the more you, up, the more the more you think that way of being like, damn, like, it, 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 how can I be such an idiot? Like, it's it's not necessarily that. Like, even like younger guys, I told whether like they don't have good workouts or like their game sucked or whatever. Like, I'm I'm letting them know, I'm like, dude, it's it's it, you're doing you make the mistakes so that you don't make it again. Hopefully, right. Like, like my biggest thing now is like learning now learning from my mistakes. So there was times where like I would make a mistake. I'm like, all right, like, yeah, I won't make it again, whatever. And just when you don't like actually think about like, all right, this happened for a reason. You have to like see it as a sign. Like you have to obey by that now. And if you don't think that way, it's just going to keep happening. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be like heavily affected in order yeah. to learn from something. So I, I think too, like, like when bad shit happens, like for instance, a couple last summer, my, um, I get this story too. So my car shit the bed on me and that was, there was nothing I could have done about that. So I just, my car shit the bed. I was like, all right, well, I, I get a truck, so I'm going to ride the truck out. So I take the truck two weeks. This is when I was buying my house, my, my duplex and dairy. So mm-hmm. I'm down at the beach. We're leaving. I'm back in the boats into one of our little like storage yards that we have. And I start turning the wheel and on like a berm and my lower ball joint snaps. My whole entire wheel assembly flattens out. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just going, all right, so this I'm, I'm getting out of the truck. And honestly, this is the first time that I ever really succeeded with the stoicism. I just got out of the truck, walked, just looked at it. It was very quiet, very calm, but I was like, shit, this is two cars in two weeks. Now I'm out. I had the benefit of having a second car. Now I'm out. Then five minutes later, I get an email from the agent. Your offer was accepted. And when you get an offer accepted, you can't go pull credit. So I couldn't go buy a new car. So now I had two cars shit the bed on me. I had to piss out money for this property and I couldn't go buy a new car for another two months until I closed. And so like understanding that Something like that I couldn't have controlled, yet 
the little bit of control I had, I think one of the things that frustrates most people when bad shit happens is their lack of control. So that's why I like the radical accountability because I like being able to find, okay, what could I have controlled? Where in this situation did I go wrong? Did I go wrong so that I know, like, listen, it, I, I'm I'm not like frantic now. I th- there is something that I can grasp, I can control. It's there's not chaos, and so what I could have controlled is, I could have just brought it to the shop instead of doing all the suspension on my own on that truck. Yeah. I could have brought it to the shop, paid the extra money. Sue was trying to be handy manny over here. Yeah. So exactly, and so look what happened. It goes back to that point of like. Shit, man, I think a lot of my issues is, like, I'll try and do things on my own that I know I'm, like, someone else should probably do better at it, but I'm, like, you know, like, save myself, say anybody else a hassle, let me give it a go. Yeah. And I've, I've learned now, I think, more than ever to, like, ask for help. Yeah. Um, yeah, put I, the ego aside. Dude, I was, like, yeah, man, for my for a long time, it was, like, early high school, even, like, early college, it was, it was very, like, ego-driven based as, like, why I was doing the things that I was doing. And it's got me, it got me nowhere. It got me nowhere, like, internally. And, like, yeah, yeah, like, football was, it was great. I played a lot of games there and, like, had, again, a lot of fun and stuff like that. But, like, once that was all said and done, it was like, all right, what's next, homie? And I was just kind of, like, stuck with, like, that revolving cycle of, like, doing things but, like, not really getting, gaining much out of it from, like, mentally. Um, and I think it took, like, those hard times, especially, like, early on in my training career where, like, I had no clients or I was just getting tossed and my schedule was so random and I was, like, but then I look back on times where I was, like, waiting tables and, like, working at a golf course when I was in college and I, I remember used to, like, sit there on breaks and be like, you know what, one day I'm gonna get paid to train people in DJ and it's gonna be hilarious when it's all said and done. And I remember like, like Thursday night, like this past week, like I had a whole day of training, and then I got to go play at Revere Beach and DJ all weekend. And I remember like driving home, and just being like, "Dude, like you, 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 you said what you wanted to do, well, like you did what you wanted to like, uh, like accomplish at the end of the day." Um, and I think, like, even, like, through those hard times or even, like, still how times are hard now, like, I look back on the times that are harder. Mm-hmm. I look back on times where I wish I got to this point. And why would I sit there now just because things are a little bit tougher? Like, I'm grateful, bro. I'm grateful I get to do the things that I love to do every day. And a lot of kids get to say that, like, especially RAs, that they get to do what they want to do. A lot of them are stuck working a job that is either they're starting off or um you know maybe there's they don't even don't even know what they want to do they know they're going to be married to this whatever that they hate for the next 40 years yeah man i'm like i I love my pops to death but i think seeing growing up and seeing him work like a really high stress labeled labor job and like seeing how much that put on his body and like just his overall demeanor man like i told myself like i never want to like feel that way and again I love my dad more than anything. I respect him more than anything. He's like, he's a role model. He's my best friend. Um, But I think in regards to like that avenue, I I always told myself like, I'm doing these things now. Like I'm going to college. I'm doing these things now because I never, and I know he wanted it for me too. Mm -hmm. He, He always told me, he's like, I never want you to be in like my position. I never want you to like, um, you know, not feel like you can accomplish anything if you put your mind to it. So that's what, that's another driving force for me, man, is like seeing how 
as time has evolved and like I've been in, I've worked the the shittiest jobs. I bust tables. I, I've done it all. Like you name it. And being in a position now, even still being younger, but making the right steps and the right connections and doing what I still love to do at the end of the day, regardless of how much work or effort or hours I put into it, I still love it, man. Like I love, yeah. I love being able to put a smile on someone's face every day. I love being able to like help someone like with their goals. And I love being able to like be an outsource of like positivity, even when like I may not be feeling it. Right. I know just getting other people to feel that sense of that, like that's going to bring me back up at the end of the day. And I think that's like why I I work my ass off the way that I do kind of like similar to you, man. Like, you know, we talked about it early on, like, you know, I've, yeah, I've worked like 12 to 16 hour days. I've done 18 hour days where, um, you know, obviously like in the, in the heat of it, you know, being able to like not get a lot of sleep and maybe there's a lot of stress involved or some anxiety involved and stuff like that. I've learned to be able to, be able to like channel that and go. Cause again, like. I was once in a position where I actually hated doing what I had to do yeah. to make money, bro. It's so different. Well, now. you were paying your dues at that point. And, and I was paying my dues, but I was also like learning the idea of like having to outwork people to get where I want to be. And I think going back to that hard mo- like yeah. that harmozy quote, you know what I'm going to say right now. It's like, um, I don't want to, like, I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I think one of the biggest things he talked about is like, you don't need to yell out affirmations in the, in the mirror to tell you that you're that you're good at something or that you're right you need a uh, a stockpile of things that you've already done to back your shit up outwork your self-doubt yeah and for me man like my whole life has been revolved around outworking the doubt i had in my head that i i couldn't get it done like when i had the goal of mine when i was like 14 i'm gonna go be a d1 football player like i remember like just like that even like that thought maybe like surprised or like shocked others and maybe others thought like oh like just no fucking way and like i'm okay like i was again it came down to like having that chip on your shoulder of like being able to get it done and then like but then like once you get it done it's like there's two ways you can go you can either be really stoked about it or it'd be like what's next and for me man like i i have to do a better job at like enjoying those moments i gotta stop thinking so much about what's next because i've for me, man, especially when it comes to like going back to measuring success, I measure success by experience. Mm. Experiences that I've been able to have over the last few years, regardless of what my bank account looks like, um, being able to have made the connections I've made to the experiences that I've had, whether it's the workshops that I've, you know, was able to do down in Miami. I've met some great friends doing that uh shout out my boy brian escobar who's down in miami lives down in south beach um you know and he's a fitness trainer as well and you know one of the the craziest things is like you never know who you're gonna meet and just off one weekend and you know i know that's gonna be one of my boys for life dude like we're gonna be super connected and i'm just using him as one example because it's like putting yourself out there and maybe on like uncomfortable situations it goes such a long way. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, dude, when I first started training, like, I, you know, I think I knew what I was doing. Hell no. But I knew how to talk to people. I knew how to be myself. I knew how to bring energy. And I knew I was going to learn as I went by those who were better than me. 
Right. I, I'm constantly trying to surround myself with um, guys and girls that are better than me, like what I'm doing. Um, so that that way, like I'm adding tools to my toolbox and I'm sharpening up the ones I have. Well, that was me for the um, for the networking events. Yeah. I, I go to all these like investor meetups and investor networking events. And I literally went two months later. That's when I start. That's when I bought my property. It went. For, it it was that quick. It was like putting myself around people who because the best part about the people who are so far ahead of you, who you network with and you look up to and whatever you surround yourself with, is that they also make it make the goal that seems so overwhelming for you look so easy. That's one of the best parts. It, making, it helps. It, making it look. That's a good point, man. Making it look easy because it's definitely not, dude. No, like, but it's scary to do it. So it's like when you see these people who you look up to, who you know well enough to know in that conversation, you learn enough from them to know like they're not smarter than me, <laughs> really. They're not better. No, they're, they're yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're just but how they, they took the leap that I'm I'm trying to take now, and that's why like that's why I think that the most most beneficial part about putting yourself in those situations, those uncomfortable situations, especially with people who are better than you, is that really just puts into perspective how much of a pussy you are. Like, Yo, that's what happened honestly. with me. Yeah, and it's like overthinking it. Yeah. Because, like, for me, like, whether it was the workshops that I did or just, like, going to DJ in front of a crowd for the first time, like, or just in front of people, like, in general. Like, obviously, I started off just, like, messing around in, like, my bedroom, like, my kitchen with, like, some of my homies and stuff. And, like, for me, like, I was like, nah, man, like, I, I want more than this. Like, I know that I can... If I really like dial in on this, like constantly try to work at it each and every day, or at least trying to find as much time as I can in my week to like work on it, it's going to constantly get better the more I start putting myself in those types of situations. So like, I'll go back to, um, like this patch March, I did the, the Southie Boston parade. I DJ the whole thing with move studio, shout out move studios, and my boy drew over there. Um, this dude had no idea who I was. Um, I had one of my friends send me uh, a DM of like a, an Instagram story that they were looking for like a DJ for like the parade. And if, they, if you know, if you're from Boston and like, you know, like the Southie parade, it's absolutely, it was insane. I, it was, this was my first one. I knew nothing about it. I've only lived up here for a few years. I never went during that time because we were obviously in spring ball. I never had a chance to really go out there and like celebrate St. Patty's Day. Um, but yeah, I sent a message to this dude. Out of a whim, he gives me a call like 30 minutes later. He's like, listen, man, like, we're not going to be able to pay you, but like, we're going to like be able to connect you and like set you up and like, you're going to have a blast. I'm like, dude, I don't even, I'm not even worried about money right now. Like, I just want to put myself out there and go and like, see if I can do it. And I remember, bro, like waking up that morning, like super early, like trying to prep my shit and being so scared because that was like really the first time I was putting myself out in front of like a bunch of people um and and there's a lot of like famous boston influencers on like that truck and stuff like that and i remember like as things were going and as things were starting to like flow and everybody was like really having fun with it i would like look up for one second and you just see like hundreds and thousands of people down in front of the truck and i literally had like like one of those like pinch me moments of like holy shit I can do this. Like, I know I can. And it just took that one little, like, don't be a pussy right now moment for, for me to be like, 
you know what? I can, I can do this shit. I, I, I have to start practicing more. I had like, I think from that moment on, like ever since that parade and like the success that, um, you know, came about from that, um, and just like the things that I've learned, even just through that experience alone, like I'm super grateful for it now because I know that's what catapulted me into like really diving into it a lot into this summer and actually like claiming a residency at the, at a bar, you know, local in town and, you know, starting oh, I've wanted part 28, right? Yeah, yeah dude. Shout out you. my boy Jim, man. Because, like, I remember going up to that dude in the gym because he was a member. Um, and I remember, like, obviously, over the, like, we kind of, you know, got to know each other over the last few years. And, like, you know, between, like, you know, him having a baby and him actually opening up the old drive, which is at the old Copeland, into, like, him turning into this. I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of throw something out of a whim and, like, you know, maybe you can tell me to F off or you can be like, all right, I'm interested. But like, I don't think anybody in Salem, New Hampshire has any sort of like live music besides like bands or self playing. I'm like, you guys have a dope vibe in here. Like you have an amazing bar, like different things you guys are offering from like the golf simulators and the axe throwing and shit. Like, let me come play like two weekends free. And I guarantee I can get people in here and like the, the whole vibe can just be different. And it's something that you can look forward to every Friday, especially going into like the fall and winter months, well, which we need that in Salem. Like, yo, honestly, like especially being from Jersey and like, I, I, like, I think like the nightlife culture in Jersey, like there's a lot of like smaller bars and stuff like that, but like, man, they are packed like wall to wall, and it's just like there's always always live DJs. A lot of my boys from Jersey's like our DJs, and like I always used to look up to them and be like damn, they're getting this place cranking right now. Like, I want to, like, be that dude. You know what I mean? And I think for me, like, I just always love energy. I always love, like, having fun and, like, being with my friends and just being able to, like, go for a few hours and, like, just say, fuck it, like, go have fun. Like, that's always been DJing for me. It's just been fun. And and music has always been that way for me. It's always been fun. It's always, like, brought me closer to people. It's always brought me, like, together. And, like, Having moved up here and that not be a thing, I was like, no, no, no. I'm not just going to go to Boston every weekend. Yeah. I need something to do around here. Like, and I think we can like make it happen. And it took two weekends and like the whole staff loved it. And like, I remember he shot me a text and he was like, hey man, like, how'd you feel about doing this every week? And I remember being like, yo. <laughs> and like, again, it's, you know, it's like, it's it, 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 for like, it may be something just as small as that, but like that's, that was that one moment of like that one, don't be a pussy moment yeah. where I, I just went up to him at, at the gym one day and I was like, Hey man, like I get, let me try and do this. And just taking that leap, you know, having faith. I think mean, that's another thing too, man. It's like not a lot of people like trust in the process, especially younger guys like me and you, you know, they may get knocked down a few times and that may be it for them. Um, or they may just fall into like one of those like kind of complacency traps where like they find a decent job, you know, they got a girl or, or a guy or whatever. And like, they're able to just, um, you know, live out their lives just however they want. I think Well, that and like, like I'll go back to the reason for this podcast because you, you have either like, like the, like people who really just don't take the leap or they don't trust the process it's, I think, one of two reasons. One, they see, like, the Cardones who are like, this is too good to be true. 
or they don't yeah. have they don't have like I get it I and again like I'm not demonizing these these larger success stories because I think they have their place but I think when it's the only thing that you hear the only time you see entrepreneurs or anybody who's like you know made their own brand whether personal brand or an extension of their personal brand whatever it is all you see is once they have uber success they start putting themselves out there. They start giving the content. They start providing the value, but they provide it at such a high level that it seems too good to be true. Yeah, and I think, like, I mean, dude, like, that shit costs money, bro. Like, a lot of these guys that maybe have, like, built their success up, that, I mean, kind of, like, similar to me and you, like, we maybe not necessarily have a lot, but we know we're going to be able to build that foundation. Like, you don't just, a home just doesn't come like that. Like, you got to start from the ground up. And I think for... Like, is there anybody that you follow that is, like, is a super successful position that you've been following since, like, day one and that you're, like, man, like, to watch, like, the track progression over the years is, like, mind-bottling to me. Is there anybody that you can think of on the top of your head? Like, yeah. From, from like, an influencer guy. standpoint. Yeah, there's one guy. His name's Ryan Pineda. He's, oh, why, did, why does he sound familiar? He's, um, he's, like, a Filipino guy. He always has, like, crazy colored hair or he hasn't laid okay. down like he's a real estate guy got it okay and that sounds he familiar. started flipping homes but i remember when he was like a micro influencer okay so he i don't know he maybe had like fifty thousand followers and he's got yeah. millions across platforms now and i just remember this guy starting out just talking about real estate in general now he's created an entire empire has a cpa firm he has an entire um well he has an entire brand called wealthy way but it CPA firm is part of that flipping homes course wholesaling course. He's got some social media content courses and editing. It's crazy. The empire is built and you know, that's somebody you can bring value from because like you sort of, even though you saw him at a pretty successful state, you saw him grow to an even more successful. Same thing like Hermosi. The reason he's doing what he's doing, he always says at the beginning of his podcast, he's like, I wish Bezos and Musk and Gates and Buffett all had a camera to record themselves from their garages and their computers in their garages to now. Well, and they, he's they, doing that now. They those guys don't have enough time for that shit. You no, they don't. But like like and now I think in today's and now in today's day and age, like, especially being in, in a higher up platform position, like it's almost like the requests from people to wanna like see like I see a lot of like day in the life of like CEO or day in the life of X. And I, I honestly, like I used to watch those a lot because it's like, I don't want to know like what you're doing in terms of your work, like data. Like I want to know, like what is like your whole fucking routine look like? Right. Like how do you like condone like and tie in your personal life? Like I, that's what I, so like, I know it's going to sound crazy, but like I remember following Christian Guzman before like alpha Lee, even the name even started really like this was back in like when when i first started getting into fitness like really into like in high school uh, i think it was like 20 like probably 14 15 maybe even like closer to like my senior year of high school like i really started diving into it he's one of those guys like i watched um because he it was again consistency and he was always constantly evolving his content into like making it more whether it's visually appealing or just like showing like the real ins and outs of like what he was trying to do and like seeing the progression like year to year to year um and seeing what he's built with alpha land is like dude i remember watching that whole series and just being like holy shit 
like the guy was like barely sleeping, like whatever, but he had like this, he, he said this one thing, he was like, when there's pressure applied on you, and, and I'm not just talking like work pressure, I'm talking when you got people counting on you for getting shit done, that puts a different fire in your mm-hmm. head. And I remember just like seeing like how like that over time, like where he's at now. And like, I, again, he's like one of my idols, dude. But it's mainly because as much as a lot of his things are very flashy and like fabricated now and like he has a great team around him and stuff like that. But like, I remember just watching him with the camera in front of him, dude, and just like being real and just like being open about like the real struggles. Uh, like what well, that's what we need position. more of. Like, like you just, it, the, yeah, the, the I hate, I hate sure. I, and I don't, yeah, I don't really like, it's especially how I go about like training people and shit like that. Like, uh, I kind of keep it like, I kind of keep it a buck. Like I keep it very to the point and like realistic, meaning like, listen, I'm always going to try and help people get to their goals and stuff like that. But I'm also going to allow people to realize that like fitness or at least like working out is only like, 10% of the battle. Mm. What are you doing outside of this that's going to correlate to, like, what you actually want to do? And if you're not doing that, then, like, it's hard to, like, look at just working out as, like, the thing that's, like, oh, like, that's, it's not working out because of this. No, it's probably because of three or four other reasons that are probably going on that you maybe not even thinking about, but it's, like, you're looking at this as the main thing because it's, like, you have something that you work with and that you're expecting a result and still be able to go live your lives the way that you are. I'm like, no, man. Like, no matter what, I'm, I'm a big firm believer that, like, if you have certain goals in mind, like, what your day-to-day life looks like is going to take the amount of time it's going to take to get there. Right. Like, if I had a goal for, like, X, I can get it done in a year or I can get it done in three months. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fucking work in three months in comparison to a year. But it's, that's the choice we have to make every day. Like, when when do you want to get it done? You know, and I, I think for me, like, I, that's why I always have to write things down every year because it's like, if I don't hold myself to getting those things done every year, I'm just going to keep pushing them and pushing them Whoa. and pushing them. And then I keep revolving myself in this cycle where, like, yeah, like, things are good, but, like, things are not happening. Well, it's kind of like Parkinson's Law where it's it's you're going to complete a task and the amount of, and the allotted amount of time that you give yourself. So if you give yourself an hour to mow the lawn, you're going to mow it in an hour. If you give it two, it's going to take all of two. Mm-hmm. So same idea with goals. It's like, all right, let's say I want to make a hundred grand in a year, yeah, 12 months. And I say, okay, that's my, my annual goal, but let's narrow this down to three months. All right. Maybe I'll only make 50 grand in that three months, but do the math. I get four, three month periods. That's 200 grand a year. So even though yeah. I didn't hit my hundred grand in three months, I, on a, you accumulated you accumulated and, and if you if you divide that scale up by what you gave yourself you doubled your production by just having what your your allotted time to complete it was so like i'm a big believer in taking how much time you think you can do something and cutting it in half and completing it in half and even if you don't get it fully done in yeah. half the time you got most of it done yeah, because I think for me, like, especially growing up, like, I mean, I'll be the first to admit, like, I was a big procrastinator of just, like, I mean, I still, like, don't get me wrong, I have my moments where, like, it's that procrastination's definitely there, but I think I get way more in my head now when, like, shit isn't, like, organized, planned, done. Like, I, some of those nights where I can't sleep, knowing that I, I probably could have done something the day before and that I need to get it done. Like, I've had nights where I've gotten up at... One, two, 
three o'clock in the morning and I'm like, I'm tossing and turning for 30 minutes, just thinking about it. And I remember one of my, my doctor was actually like one of my clients. It's kind of funny, like how we kind of tie all that in. But, um, one of the biggest things he told me is like, dude, if you can't fall asleep because even in 20 minutes, just get up and go do shit. Yeah. Like, don't try and, like, get yourself to go back to sleep because you're going to start pissing yourself off more or whatever. And I think a lot of my, like, kind of anxiety spikes or whatever come from, like, just general lack of preparation. If, like, especially if it's something that I'm not really, like, engaged with or something I'm really not focused on, but I know I, like, have to get it done. Because I'm going to feel so much better after the fact of knowing I got it done. I got I can check it off my list and and go to bed a little bit more at ease and like at peace and I think that's going to take time for me to like get better at because I'm really not I'm not the greatest at it but I'm, I'm constantly trying to get myself to get better at it because as much as I love working I know like it's going to get myself to a point where I start negating other avenues in my life that really do need attention mm-hmm. you know um and again going back to like the experiences like sometimes like even like not really thinking about how much time has really gone on and like things go on and then all of a sudden it's like over and then you're like oh shit like i wish i like was more engaged with like just being in the moment rather than just me just again thinking about what's the next step or like what am i going to do after this is all said and done right Uh, yeah well i'll i'll just end off with this because i i remember going back to that i remember closing after the sale of this property like not buying it buying it i walked out of the attorney's office and i was dead silent ride for 45 minutes home like i was shitting bricks no fun in that at all after i sold it though i had about three minutes of happiness and i watched like the wires i saw the money go and i'm like this is fucking ridiculous i've never seen this money in my in my own account so like kind of piggybacking off your point, that's an area where I think I too need to like work on that satisfaction because like I could probably use more than three minutes to be like, this has been my dream for the past four where years. Do you, where do you think that comes from with you? Like, does that, does that, does that stem from like anything that you had gone through like in your, your early years or your childhood or whatever? Like, I'm like, bro, you're super ambitious. I think that's sort of another thing that like not a lot of get, kids, 19, 20 year olds get to say is like, you're super ambitious about like what you got done and especially from a maturity standpoint, but there's always a driving force for something. So like, what was it for you that like, that's getting you into this point? Cause like, I'll, I'll tell you what, like for me, it was not being accepted by others really like early on in my life, like being bullied a lot and like stuff like that. <laughs> I've put myself in a position where like wanting to be accepted, um, or helping others feel that feeling of just being like accepted and comfortable and stuff like that is like why I do what I do now or make people happy. I mean, shit, like that's why I think for me, like I always try to outwork that because like there were certain things that have gone on in my life that have brought me to where I'm at now where like I don't, I, I have a little bit of trouble time like being more appreciative and grateful for just like taking a step back and being appreciative of those times. Was there anything that really happened with you that like has brought you to this point or you, have you always been like this? Oh, I've always, I've always like my goals have always been five steps ahead of, or five, five steps further than I think most people's have. Like, like when I think about income and when I when I think about like where I should be, 
I realistically, for your average investor, I think at 25, I should be where your average investor is at 50. So like the, my, my, like I, the, the goals that I have are set so insanely high. Yeah, but I don't know where that comes from. One of the things I guess I can think of is like, you know, and I, I hate to bring this, bring it up like this, but I mean, you know, you know my mom and Steve enough and even my dad and he does very well for himself mm-hmm. too and just kind of growing up in an area where okay I've grown up that's not pretty like, fortunate you need to like also like be cool with like opening up about that well so like you've had yeah. prominent figures especially role models within your like your parents who have who you see every day and they're they're on that same grind and I think for you maybe I maybe just seeing it from a step back because even with like your brother too like He's the same way, man. Like, you guys are go-getters because you you live with go-getters. Right. Like, I'm blue-collar. Like, I'm hardworking because I grew up in a blue-collar, hardworking household. In, in like, respectable right. household. Your like, idea is to be, like, one step one step better. Not not saying better in mm-hmm. terms of demonizing your parents for what they were. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 always, like, I want my kids to be better than I am. Damn them. right. So that's it, what my it, parents always tell me. Yeah. Well, and so that's the idea. And so, like, w- the way I've grown up... I've always looked at the mindset as baseline. I've, I, I've like my the expectations I have for people in society are so usually very high and sometimes unrealistic. But I've grown up in a very just organized go getter, and you know, I mean, I mean, just just even even when it comes to income, like my base level of income and what I think is normal is. I think slightly I think higher than well, that too and I think like being in like your position where like you had we'll call it comfortability right you've had you you could probably have gone the other route and I've been able to live out your life you know as a 19 20 year old kid and be able to like live through like the the means of like what your parents have been able to like set out and like provide for you guys um maybe more so than like what other kids in your position have but I think for you, you used it as a motivational force rather than it being something where like, all right, if it doesn't work out, I got something to fall back on. No, like for something that's going on in your head, that's honestly like, I, I really do appreciate it. And like, I look up to that because regardless of what position you're in or a position of like knowing that you have a little bit of something on the back end, if God forbid, like you see it as like, I don't have that still. Well, I don't. Yeah. But, like, like when, when I used to always get, and I don't even want to say like bullied, but I was always like expected to pay for everything when me and my buddies would go out. It, it, it was that idea. Like I always used to get called rich. That was the, the, you're rich, you're rich, you're rich. And the expectation used to be like that. And you I cover the shit. I cover the shit, but I always used to roll back on like, listen, I'm not, it's not my money. It will never be my money. It is. You want, I think free. <clears throat> and I, I love that too, because I think at least just hearing it from you, like you are grateful for what they've been able to provide for you, but like you're at a point now where you want to be able to do that for yourself. Right. And be able to like be satisfied knowing it's coming from you and it's not coming from an outside source. Or it's well, not coming from what people they that taught me was, was to, teach a man to fish. Like they, they taught me how to make money, not here's money. So like they taught me how to fish. They didn't give me the fish. And so like that, they're obviously beneficial because they know how to fish. They know how to make the money. And so they gave me the most important thing in the world, which is knowledge. They didn't hand me the money. They didn't hand me the result. They didn't hand me. I'd rather, but I think for me, especially like I'd rather, and it goes back to like 
measuring success of experience versus like dollar value. Um, I will take that experience 99% of the time over a dollar amount because money comes and goes, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can make money and I'm also really good at uh, losing money. Well, not necessarily losing money, but like putting spending it toward, money or, spending money. Yeah. yeah. Spending it or like spending it in towards things that I know are going to like maybe benefit me in the future. Like, I mean, dude, DJ, DJ equipment's no joke. Like I remember like <laughs> walking out of like, um, like the guitar center and I dropped like my parents are going to listen to this dude and be like what the hell I remember dropping like almost like 13 1500 like all at once just on like things that I needed mm-hmm. and I remember I never like I'm not and again like when I spend that like kind of money and like that's and I know it may not seem like a lot but like for someone who's like who was living on I've been living on my own since I was you know 2021 20, um I didn't you know I've been on my own like living up here since I was 18 so like Again, like not really like having the chance to like go home or like live at home or like, you know, I've always had to like pay rent. I've always had to like stay on my shit. And like for someone like my age and like having to spend all that money at once, like, yeah, it's a little nerve wracking for me. But I think like I see like the light at the end of the tunnel, like why I'm doing it in the first place. And like, Mm -hmm. and again, taking like that kind of leap and trusting and knowing that like for me, man, like money will always come and go. Like I know, especially when I'm older, my goal is comfortability. No doubt about it. I don't even want my kids to even have a remote thought of thinking that they're that they're gonna struggle. But I think as why I look at your parents as also like role models as well, and you know the, even the conversation, the connections I have, they've never let you guys think that. They've never let y'all be like, yeah, you guys have it easy, things like whatever. Um, like it's fine. No, like they made you guys work your ass off to like earn it. Um. Cause it doesn't stop and it never will. And I think that's important to instill early on. I think for my parents, it was like, you guys aren't going to ever get handed anything. Realize that shit. You better go out and, and go work for it. And it's the same thing. With my older siblings, like my older, my oldest brother, Susan, super successful, you know, in the business world. And my other brother, he works for UPS as well. They both live out in Arizona, but, um, you know, seeing the point of success they're at now, it's just, same amount of effort, same amount of work you got to put in every day right. and doing it more than anybody else does because, again, things are going to work out. They have greater goals in mind. Yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. But, all right, so switching gears a little bit. So I do this every every episode. Right on. So last guest, I had ask a, ask a question to the next guest, but I don't tell them who it is. So they have no idea who it is. The question that they have to ask is supposed to yield an answer from you Oh, that's that's going to benefit somebody. everybody. So the way okay. that, so, and then I'm going to have you ask a question to the next guest and the question you ask has to be formulated in a way where somebody, whoever it is, whatever profession can answer it in a way that brings value. Got it. Okay. To, to, to the younger guys. Cool. cool younger cool. guys and girls. So this kid asked, what are you grateful for in your work life, family life and mental slash spiritual life? So we'll start with work life. I think the, the biggest thing that I'm grateful for in my work life is each and every day, it's something different. Um, I get to work with a lot of awesome, awesome individuals. I'm not even just talking like both athletes and just, you know, normal general population clients that I've grown really close with over the years. 
And again, it's, it's, it's something different every day in regards, whether it's a stress or whether it's um, a benefit or, or something positive that comes out of it. I'm going into the day with an open mind. I'm not going to the day of like already expecting like what's going to go down or already having an expectation like, all right, this is how it's going to go. Let's go through the motions. No, like I always got to be on my A game. And I think that's why I'm appreciative, like how my job is, because I mean, it's, dude, it's a constant resume every day. Like you're putting yourself out there to people who are investing money, time, energy, effort and making sure that like you're putting out a great product, um, regardless, again, regardless of how you feel. So for me, it's like I get to do what I love to do, which is just train and like make people happy. Um, and it'd be something different every day, whether it's a professional athlete or whether it's a 10 year old, it's like my ability to be able to adjust gears and communicate on different levels of intelligence. Like one of my, uh, train coaches from college always used to say, like, if you can't dumb it down to a five-year-old, like you don't know it. And I always used to think, I'm like, you know what? You got a good point. Cause I think with me, like, the reason why I work well with kids is because, like, I mean, I am a kid, dude. I'm a kid at heart. And, like, I, I try to bring myself down to, like, that level where, like, they can understand and grasp, but, like, know, like, what has to get done on a given right. day. So I think from a work standpoint, that's what I'm grateful for. My day is always different. It's always something unique, always something fun. And, I mean, bro, like, I get to wear gym shorts to fucking work every day, man. That shit's awesome. Are you kidding me? Um, so what was, so it was work life? Family life. So family life, I mean, so I have all four of my brother's initials tattooed on my, my arm. Um, family's everything to me, man. Uh, my mom's one of seven. You know, my dad, um, you know, he has two other siblings as well. I have like 30 plus first cousins. We always used to get with each, get together with each other all the time, especially when I was living back in Jersey. And obviously like us, you know, getting older, it's, it's not as prominent. But like, even when we are together, like, it's like... You know, I saw them yesterday and it doesn't matter. Like I'm super close with my family. I know they can call me at any time or I can call them anytime. Me and my mom are like, that's my best friend, dude. Like I, I said, like my dad too, like me and my mom have a little bit of a kind of like a different relationship in regards to just like where she's more of like the energetic, like fun one. And my dad is more of like the, um, you know, like diligent, like, um, extensive, like, in, in that kind of ordeal, like really on top of his stuff. And like my mom is like, you know, we can relate a little bit more on like just someone more of like the personal stuff. And I, I remember I took her to, we went to an Alicia Keys concert like a few weeks ago in Boston. That's like our favorite singer, dude. And we were fourth row. And I remember just like that moment and like being able to share that with like my mom, especially after all the stuff that has gone on over the years um, is is something like I'll never forget. Right. And like recently, like my youngest brother, Tommy moved in with me. I lived in a two bedroom, like duplex, like by myself for like a few months. And you know, like for him, he's 21 years old and he's just trying to figure it out. And you know, it wasn't really working out for him in Jersey. And I told my mom, like have him come move up here with me and I'll get him a job at drive. And he'll, you know, really learn what it means to like, you know, take that next step in your life. And obviously like, you know, we had like that, you know, typical sibling rivalry, whatnot, growing up and stuff like that. But we we're also all super close. And I think I'm very fortunate now that he gets to live with me and we're as tight as we are because right. we didn't really have that relationship. So he's growing here. up. So he's here now, man. Oh, yeah. Right. He's, he's awesome, dude. I, um, all four of my siblings are, but the fact that I actually have a piece of home with me now, right. 
when I didn't have that for a while, like I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that because it's just me, him, my dog, Andy. And, and it's been, life has been a lot easier. Life has been a lot better knowing that he's around and stuff like that. So at least from a family standpoint, like I always, I always put them first, like whatever I have to do. Like I'm always trying to be like the kind of the glue that kind of holds everything together for sure. I like that. And then spiritually, mentally or spiritually, like however you want to approach that one. I think uh, I've always been a, a, I'm a big advocate of my faith. You know, I think over the years it's been a little, a little tougher, obviously with just like circumstances and things I've gone on and stuff like that. But I've never like lost sight of that. Like well, we were in the church a lot, like growing up and stuff like that. And my parents always used to put us together, make us go on mission trips. And I've had some of my best memories, some of my best times, like on those mission trips. And again, a lot of that has to come with like seeing the impact you can have on people. And I think like tying into like, my own mental health. I mean, dude, like I've, a few years ago, I was really struggling. Like it was, it wasn't pretty. And I, I had those like ebbs and flows like in my life where like mentally, like I just been so like gone. I'm grateful now that I was able a few years back or just, you know, maybe a year and a half ago, just me finally saying like, you know, enough is enough and I need some help. And you know, I do see a therapist once or twice a month and like, and, like, she's been awesome for me to just be able to learn more about myself and like where are some things that I need to improve on or where are some things that honestly in my life are like really, really good. And like, just again, not being so worried about the next thing, being able to like address things in a different light and being able to um, have more self-awareness of like my state and like what I have to do to like kind of push through that and, and, see the light at the end of the tunnel because it could be really dark sometimes, man. Like I've, I've gone through it, dude. And I, again, I put up this front that like, I got it all. Everything's good and everything's right. And everything's positive, but it's really not. But I think no matter what, I've always been able to, no matter how many times I've gotten kicked down, I've been able to like get back up, you know, wipe my face and just be like, all right, let's go. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta do it. And Football no. probably teaches you that too. Yeah, but it was it was you're you were channeling it differently in football. Right. Like you're letting it out through aggression, not through like actual. You don't have to harness it. Yeah, well. man. Like you're. I mean, because at the end of the day, like you can let it out from aggression, but then it's like you're not getting really much out of it because you're still going back to those thoughts after. Right. So having my ability now to like actually like sit down on myself and, um, again, like work myself through those times where I may be like having a little bit of self-doubt or maybe not believing that it's going to work out or maybe you know, just question like why the, why the fuck is there something wrong going on again and it's all meant to happen dude and I, I I've learned that way more over the years now than more than ever is like things are meant to happen for a reason like things go on whether it's good or bad because it's meant to bring you to a bigger point in your life and I think for me now more than ever like I'm really happy with how life is and I haven't really had a chance to really say that even like out loud because I'm constantly trying to like improve it, but for me to perfectionism, even, perfectionism, yeah, man. But for me to just be able to sit down and just have a normal conversation with you and and really look back on it, like, yeah, man, like I'm I'm one of the first times like I'm really stoked with how life is going right now and like what I need to do to continually make strides and efforts and making that better. Um, I didn't have that before. I was looking to other avenues for making myself feel better. It was just fucking yeah. getting me nowhere. And maybe felt good in the heat of the moment. Doesn't didn't feel good after the fact because I was still stuck in my cycle. 
But I think now, like, learning through those things and just being able to come out on top and just be like, you got a lot of life left to live, bro. This is just, this, this is just yeah. the start, man. And, um, again, having connected with such amazing people and even learning from them. Um, you know, I've had clients do so much for me. I've had clients take me on trips and invite me to their homes, bring me to, you know... <laughs> I went to my first Celtics game and my first brewing team thanks to clients I have. Like, really? it's like, again, man, experiences over anything. It's just from the people that you get a chance to meet and stuff. It's like, I'm grateful. You know, I'm grateful yeah. for that. And so I think um, to ask kind of the next person, I think a question that, you know, I'm still trying to like continuously evolve and like get better at is like, when there's so much outside noise or when there's so many different avenues of information out there or anything like that, like where do you find a route to why you do the things that you do? I think so basically like kind of tying it all in, I think to kind of summarize the question, it'd be like, what is your driving force or why do you do what you do outside of outside influences? Like, what's the mission what's the purpose what is what is your purpose for like why you 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 handle yourself the way that you do and i think like that's that's outside of business bro like you can put that down like how do you like go about yourself and just how you handle yourself whether it was prior experiences or influences that you may have or whatever like what has gotten you to to the point where you have to you know no matter what get up every day and have an idea of like why you're doing it you know, because if there's, if you're waking up every day and you're just like, you're stuck or you're pissed off or you're upset and you're just like, why the hell am I, like, am I doing this? Then like, I'm mean, just going to be constantly revolved in that trap. And reg- again, regardless of me, how you felt in the given morning, like I'm still waking up regardless of how my energy levels are or like how my mood is. And I'm like, there's a reason why I'm getting up, dude. There's a reason why there's a greater purpose at the end, end of this. Like what is like your driving motivational forces that has come beforehand and what are you trying to seek in after? So I think that's something I would definitely love to ask someone because it's something that I'm still working through every day is like, what, what is your driving force? So why do you do what you do? And I'm not just talking and I'm not talking business. Right. I'm talking in your relationships, um, your hobbies, your family, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, why do you do what you do? Um, because I think we're all always trying to figure that out. But I think some people have a lot more of a firm understanding than others. Right. Or maybe they don't look as deep, you know, for for someone who maybe similar to you where they're super analytical and stuff. Like, yeah, they have big goals in mind written out and stuff like that. But, like, the reason why I wanted to ask you some deeper questions as to, like, hey, man, like, why are you the way that you are? And it maybe took you a second to be like, you know, I don't know why. But then you were able to answer and be like, well, I've had influences in my life that have brought me to this point because they've shown me the way they, they didn't give me the fish. They gave me the pole to go get it. Right. And that's what it is, man. Like, don't ever be like afraid to like, kind of like admit that too, because we all have certain reasons of why we do things. Um, regardless of if we were put in like a really good position of success or we had to start from the ground up, it doesn't matter. Like we, we still have to go about our business every day and there's, you know, and time is of the essence. So, you know, if we're not working towards something every day, it could be something as small as doing X or, you know, 
again, being able to do a lot of things in a certain amount of time. I think that's another thing too, is like, what are you doing with the time that you're given? Cause we got, we got one life to live, man. And people are dropping like flies every day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, as sad as it is, like it, it puts more of a realistic spin in my head. I'm like, you know what? Man? Like, regardless of how you're feeling right now, you, you got nothing behind you. You got to go. You know? Yeah, there's no option. There's no option. There's no option. There's no option. I think that's it's important to realize. Like for me, there's just no other. There's no other option. Which um, is, it m- might be like nice to have, like the idea of of not having much to lose. You know what I mean? Like the idea, well, like I'm starting to, young. We ha- we don't have much to lose. Like no. I always feel bad for the people starting what they love to do when they have a family to provide. Or in for. their thirties and their thirties, and it's like. It's like mm-hmm. one of the reasons I do what I do at the age that I do, and I pay my you dues because you want to be able to enjoy that. I want to enjoy that with with family, and like that's really like if you're you know if you ask me a fiscal goal, like that's why I don't like telling people like oh I do this because I want to make money or this is my goal because I have fiscal goals, I have familial goals, I have personal goals, like they don't overlap. Yeah, like, I don't have one goal that's more important than the. Well, I think. I guess my biggest goal would be to create this, you know, this figure and everything that comes with me, whether that be, you know, setting the example for my kids from a fitness standpoint, a stoicism standpoint, a financial standpoint, a respect standpoint. Everything I'm doing now is to regiment myself so that really like my family, but more so my my own children can look at me and again take just my example without me ever providing them anything additional they can just take from my example the pull yeah and 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 i I relate that to my parents too because like yeah like like they didn't go to college or anything like that but like man they put themselves in an awesome position by like them working their ass off yeah and putting their head down and go like that was the biggest thing i learned from my dad is like you gotta put your head down and go bro no one gives a fuck no one no one and 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 like he, he, he would still get up every day and do it yep. and he's still and he's still continuing to do it and like at almost you know 57 years old 58 years old um and doing it for so long that like but it's it's just knowing that there's it's there's way deeper shit as to why you're doing it like for my dad like he's a family first guy and he's very simple um that's another thing i've come to realize over the years is like Material things are cool and like um, experiences and whatnot are fun, but I, I I think just the little things are what I like really value the most. And like I'm talking just like having a few hours like with my dog, because even though I'm so busy in the week, just having that little bit of time, either on the weekends or just like when I go home, just having that time with him or whatever. Um, you know, it's little things like that that maybe you maybe take for granted, but you realize like, damn, how much it really does make an impact on you over time. So yeah, man, I think like the the definitely the next question I would like to ask somebody is like, what is your driving force or why do you do what you do every day? Regardless of business or anything like that, tied into, you know, tied into their personal life, tied into just like how they like handle themselves every day or how they present themselves to others. Like, there's a reason why I always try and put my best self forward with anybody I come across or like trying to be as like personal as I can with anybody I come across. Cause you, you, you never know. Like I, I never really know at this point, like what the greater impact is going to have on somebody. Um, 
but then like you see those impacts happening and then people start to like thank you and shit and like that's all i need man like like fuck the money like whatever i want people to be able to come up to me or like put me aside and just be like yo like you you've helped change my life like you've helped put me in a position where like i can love myself again and i can love you know others around me because of your resilience to making sure that was happening right and and like that's out that <laughs> there's no dollar amount that can attest to that for me and i know that's why like as i started to get older and as, as i started to make bigger moves towards making things happen like it's always going to be like hey i'm just going to be myself whether you like it or not if you don't like it you know go fuck yourself but like if you do like it and like let's let's get to work because right. like i'm always trying to you know m- make an impact in any way that i can whether it's a learning aspect with training or just a fun aspect with djing you're just like creating that again it's creating experience at the end of the day creating what you're doing man you're creating experience for guys like myself or even like younger guys who are in, or, or just starting off and are just in a position now to let people know that like we gotta we gotta start from square one right and that just because we're young and that just because we we may not have a lot to like fall back on and stuff like that we have a lot to lose like we're not thinking in that way like we're constantly thinking of like what's gonna be our end all be all goal once this once this is all said and done man like i this is a dope ass setup but this ain't gonna be the setup for you like moving forward just like my own setup now like I know my decks and everything I'm using now are not, not going to be the setup that I'm using in the future. I know, like, my training style or, you know, uh, me even working in a facility. Like, I know one day I'm going to be able to, like, have my own and work, do everything I can to, like, again, make that experience for whoever's working underneath me or anything like that. Um, you know, be the same exact approach as my bosses have given me and, like, those that I've had the opportunity to work with have given me, which, again, it, there's no dollar amount to that because it's experiences above all else they're going to get you um to where you want to be in the connections you're going to make and that's that's why i've i've when i walked in the drive for like the first time like i just you know when you get like those weird gut feelings man it's like that euphoric was, feeling that was like merrimack bro like when i walked on merrimack campus i had like that euphoric feeling of being like this is it i told my mom like i already want to go here and I was in, like, the summer. And they didn't even have offer. They didn't even offer me yet. I was like, yeah, I want to go. I just knew. I just right. knew this is where I needed to be. And then when I was going for my internship, like, interview with them, I knew this is, like, where I needed to be. And it's, like, one of those things where, like, you get directed to it somehow. So, like, things fall in a line somehow, some way. And Trust the process. Yeah. That's damn how the process right. works. Damn right, bro. Damn well, right. I'll be your first client at that gym. My man, much appreciated, bro. Absolutely. You want to uh, plug anything? Any socials? I know. So you guys content. can follow me at Rob Holse underscore seven. My training page is plugged in right underneath it at Holse Performance. Um, you know, I'm I'm starting to you know get myself into posting more DJ content too. So maybe I'll have a third page and I can like plug both yeah. of them. But at least for right now, like, um, yeah, man, uh, Rob Holse underscore seven. My training page is in my bio as well. Um, and I think for me, having two different platforms of being able to be like, um, having two different platforms allows me for people to see like, yo, I'm not just a trainer. Like, you go to my performance page, it's just all 
my workouts and all my clients workouts and stuff like that but like i don't want that to be like my mo and i and i i that's why i have like my own personal one because like i want people to see like i'm just as real as you like just because uh i've been doing it for a little longer in the fitness space doesn't mean i know everything about life right it does not correlate right or that like training it like i see some trainers that like will just only post training content i'm like that's awesome man but like i don't know anything about you like you you right and like i, th- I feel as though like my how i want myself to be portrayed is just i don't want to be like rob the trainer i don't want to be just yeah i don't want to they want to have a title that's another thing too i don't like i don't ever want to be like in a set position where, like i feel like i'm stuck and i'm like just set somewhere like i want to be able to like put my hands in different baskets and right. like constantly doing something that's how my brain works man like i'm con- like that's why i love doing what i'm doing because it's like getting something different all the time every day and i'm like i, I want that to continuously happen and make that like uh, a possibility because um i would fucking hate my day-to-day if it was the same shit over and over and over yeah, again cubicle life i just that's not for me either Mm-mm, man. no Sweet, way dude well, Anything I, else you want to know about me, man? We, we covered a lot of stuff, and I appreciate yeah, you, man. You have no idea.